Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. time once again Richard these weeks come around quickly don't they 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 certainly do I tell you what guy I'm sitting in front of my window here with a with a laptop on talking to you and there is the bluest of skies ever do you know I can see it reflected in your glass oh can you really (laughs) how good your webcam is I can see the blue sky there it looks pretty good Mm. yeah Yeah. wow that was clever so a bit of sunshine in our lives after Tuesday night. It was um, it was not a great uh, not a great spectacle for Torquay fans. The game against Altrincham on Tuesday night. Uh, you have literally just come off the phone to the gaffer talking about Altrincham, talking about league financing, and looking ahead to the Southport game. Yeah. So uh, as that's uh, as that's hot off the press, so to speak, I think we should go and have a listen to uh, to what the gaffer says, don't you? Yeah, he was he was uh, still driving down, but. Uh... So it's it's not the loudest recording, I don't think, but it should be okay for you to hear what he wants wants you to hear. Let's have a listen, Gary. Um, thank you for for talking to us on the podcast again as usual. Um, has it been a tough week after that result, or a tough couple of days? Yeah, it's always, it's always a tough couple of days when you've had a, a poor result and a poor performance, because obviously it is about a performance. You know, if you perform well, you win the game generally. If you don't perform well, then at our level you can lose the game, and, and that's exactly what happened. But you know, we're, we'll we'll have a review on the game, um, and then we'll start concentrating on the uh, FA Trophy game. Yeah, uh, is it good or is it bad that you've got FA Trophy now rather than a league game? Well, it's good we got a game, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it looked like a few of them could have could do with the rest or the break but yeah. you know you, you've got to be mentally strong at the, in these times especially when you're in a couple of competitions and uh, especially when you've played as many games as we have in a short space of time but um, you know the, well, I think I'm, I'm hoping that was a, a little blip um, in our performance because it was uh, so far below our standard so um, hopefully the boys will you know, be motivated and uh, be ready for the for the next game, which whatever it is, and it has to be the trophy. How frustrating, Gary, is it standing on the sidelines knowing that they can do better than that, and, and watching them, you know, labour slightly? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very frustrating, yeah. of course, and uh, you know, and everything you try and do, you know, when the subs come on, that didn't really make any difference. They were the they were the same, so it was, a, it was like a squad thing. Um, you put out a team that you think is going to do well in that game against their, their pattern and their shape. But um, as the game went on, you know, their shape was, was getting sort of stronger and ours was getting worse. Um, so that was, uh, no, it was very frustrating because you, you think, well, I'm going to move him to here, take him off, take him off. But... Uh, Nothing changed, so yes, it was a, and not a, not a, not a great evening for um, for a manager. I think you caught quite a few people by surprise by playing that lineup and formation that you did at the start of the game, but. You know, uh, on paper it looked like it could work, didn't it? I mean, let's face it, there's been plenty of goals from midfield this season. Yeah, and it was uh, it was something I felt that we we needed to get a team on the pitch that uh, it's, it's, it's been their longest, that, that knows more about our game. You're not still trying to teach people things and yeah. teach them about the right run. So, you know, Connor plays sort of in that position anyway yeah. when he plays. Yeah. That's your false number nine. And with people like um, uh, Adam Adam Randall and uh, Armani and Wick and the main, the main either side, you expect to get that player support, you know, once you've secured the ball. But the problem was we couldn't secure the ball yeah. anywhere 
on the pitch, not just up front. Um, so, you know, in hindsight, and I can't work in hindsight, no. everybody else can, but me and down to, you know, we select the team and have a long, long chat about it. It's not just a off the cuff, oh, let's play Connor up there. Um, you know, we think about it, but uh, hopefully most, most of our tactics come off this season and... Uh, and, and we carry on with our you know, successful season so far. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've got to touch on it. The, uh, the vote, etc. I think it's pretty obvious the way that Torquay United have voted. Um, interested to see Notts County reported to have voted to end the season. That surprised me. How, how are you gauging all that at the moment? Or are you just concentrating on the league and playing games? Yeah, yeah I mean, George Edwards, you know, CEO, he, he keeps us informed, he understands that very much the language that everybody's using, you know, the resolutions, if you, go, if, if you vote for this, you go to another uh, Gary, it took me half an hour to get my head around it. Well, half an hour, you must be the brain of Britain. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because you leave it to the people that understand it. Yeah. Um, and obviously... You know, every club will have its strategy and have its reasons for doing or voting what, the, what they're going to vote for. Um, so all I can do as a manager is, is, you know, try and keep our lads focused on playing all the games for the whole of the season. Yeah. And that's what we've got to do. I mean, obviously our players, they, you know, they want to play. Our game, will it be that if, you know, professional footballers suddenly get the carpet whipped underneath her. Yeah. Um, when, you know, we've already played 21 or whatever it is games, plus trophy games, and, you know, it, it seems inconceivable that um, those players, you know, if, if the vote goes the wrong way, will be out of work for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it all sorts itself out in a good way. Um, yeah. Southport on Saturday, bit of a trip, but um, you'll be prepared for that. How, how are the injury situations, squad shaping up for that game? I appreciate you're, you're just going in now, so you'll you'll see the players in a minute, but how, how's your feeling yeah. on the squad? Well, the squad is getting uh, Ben Winter. is a lot closer Okay, now. that's good. Um, yeah, um, and he's been training normal, so, you know, he's, he, we may take the opportunity to, to give him some game time. Um, you know, we know he's a great player, so yeah. it's good to do that. Uh, Gary Warren is the same. He's uh, he's now ready for selection. Um, so we, uh, they're, they're, that's the only one. Lucas is not available yet. I mean, this one's going to be... Uh, Three or four more weeks yet. Yeah. That was quite a bad ankle injury. Um, but Danny Wright, obviously, still long term. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Nelson still long term. How how, how yeah. did how did Danny react to his operation? Very well. You know, for an old man, he felt very comfortable. It was a very successful operation um, yeah. because. He didn't need to be in any sort of, uh, what I call it, plaster of Paris or yeah, whatever it was. Protect, protective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, could, he could keep walking on it normal, etc. So, um, but it's still going to take time. You know, hamstrings have to heal. It takes six to eight weeks. Um, right. And that's what we have, to, we have to wait for, of course. But uh, uh, he's there and, um, you know, he's... Always rapid to see that he was happy regarding that he, he feels that he'll be back before the end of the season. Yeah, excellent. Uh, so, so what do you know about Southport? Anything? Yeah, we, we, we know a lot about them. Um, of course, they're going through the, uh, the situation of wondering Indeed. when their next, next game is going to be. Yeah. They haven't played for a little while. Um, I'm sure they want to play the, the trophy game, you know, because it's... Uh, you know, there's a finance at the end of it as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know the rules and regulations as to what's happening with that league as far as the games they're supposed to be 
other teams are supposed to be playing on that Saturday. Well, I did, I did see a report that they're restarting on Saturday, but I haven't, I haven't looked at that for a couple of days. So yeah. No, they, they should be, but there's, there's also been reports that some of them, like maybe refusing to play. Right. Uh, you know, like you, you only hear, there's only hearsay these things. Yeah. But um, so you know, we'll know more. But as we stand, you know, we're we're looking forward to uh, the game. It's a, it's a trophy we want to stay in and go as far as we can. Um, it's a good a good competition, and uh, you know we're we're preparing very much, you know, for this very important game. Brilliant, Gary. Thank you very much, mate. I'll let you carry on your drive down to uh, uh, I guess your South Devon College today. Uh, well, we're at the ground today. Oh, you're at the so, ground. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, ha- have a good day and uh, good luck Saturday. All right. Thanks, Richard. Cheers, mate. Bye. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff from Gary as always, and good of him to chat to us uh, while he's on his way down to training. Uh, I mean, the thing that's dominating everything before we move on to Altrincham and Barnet and Southport and Wealdstone is this whole business of the league finances, Richard. Have, have you got a little bit of a handle on that? I don't think anyone has. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the document that the National League put out on Monday was so complicated that they had to revise it twice and put it out again. It this literally... The four resolutions on it. The four it? resolutions of hell. Um, <laughs> They they couldn't have made it any more complicated to get your ha- head around if they tried. And you know what? That's typical of the National League, isn't it? Um, honestly, come on. So the, the four resolutions, the first one was to decide who was allowed to vote, wasn't yes. it? Yes, to decide who who is allowed to vote about what. In other words, um, Premier... Um, and we have to call it a Premier because... Another stupid National League decision was to call the top division of the National League the National League, which yeah. is exactly the same as what all three divisions are called. I mean, I'd really like to be in a room with these people one day and, uh, and, and you know, have a good chat with them. Yeah, just, just, just get them to clarify a few things. Um, anyway, so we'll call it the Premier, even though it's not really the Premier, but the National League is made up of, for this instance, the Premier, the North and the South divisions. Now, um, the first resolution is a vote on whether, uh, if you're a Premier team, are you voting to, uh, voting to influence what happens to North and South? If you're a North and South team, are you voting to influence what happens to the Premier? Are you voting to influence only what happens to North and South? So that, that will sort out the position of, uh, of who gets to vote about whom. Um, and then the, the next res- and, and then from there on, the other three resolutions kick in on what the first rev- what is decided from the first resolution. <laughs> so they've got until the end of the month to vote on this, but. Are they voting just on resolution one first? I've got no idea. Yeah, to, I think they're doing they it all at the same time. I think they're they're doing it all at the same time, um, and and oh, whatever whatever, whatever happens with the first resolution, oh god, I mean, there must there the must come the first resolution before they can vote on numbers two, three, and four. Well, if that's the case, they're keeping it between themselves and the clubs. Um, yeah, you know that's not indicated really. But um, at the end of the day, what they're voting for once they've decided they're allowed to vote um, is, is, is whether to end the season uh, for all three divisions and null and void it, for two divisions, South and North, and null and void it, or for Premier Division um, to carry on. Um, there doesn't seem to be a scenario where you would have the North and South carrying on and the Premier carrying on, uh, finishing, but um, nothing would surprise me. There is, um, there is the nightmare scenario of... Uh, the, 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 first, the, first, um, the first resolution has uh, weighted voting, so all National League Premier clubs get a vote each, and then I think it's four each for the North and four... Uh, and, and four complete for, for the North and four complete for the South which I don't know how they'll work that out. 
And then for the rest of them, it's, it, I, I believe it's a, a single vote each for all 66 clubs. 65, because let, let's throw another interesting bit into it. Wrexham have decided that they're not going to take part in this whole voting process because, as a Welsh club, they're not entitled to the money in the first place. That's interesting. Hadn't thought of that. Because it's Sport England. It is. Of course it is. This is crazy. I mean, so the smart money surely must be on the, the clubs voting to vote separately, South and North. Yeah. And you could understand it if the South and North clubs decided to stop the season because they are woefully short of cash, yeah. critically short of cash, existentially short of cash. Yeah. And you could understand them stopping the season while the Premier teams then have their vote, which is almost certain to be to continue, isn't it? Yeah, I would have thought so. And that is, is, is in my head, the most likely scenario. Um, most teams uh, that, that have commented, not all teams have commented, but most teams that have commented, and I'm talking, uh, haven't commented officially, but Gary has, and you can read between the lines. Um, there's, there's no way Torquay are going to vote to end the season. Um, Yeovil uh, said they won't end the season. Dagen, uh, not Dagenham, Ultramar, um, who played the other day, want, want to carry on. In fact, most clubs will want to carry on. The interesting one that, that, that cropped up this morning when I was having a quick look was Nottinghamshire, Nottinghamshire Live. Shut up, puppy. Nottinghamshire Live are, are reporting that Notts County want to end the season, which to me is astonishing. Now, whether they've got that right or whether they've got that from a source that's not completely right, I don't know. But um, that would be amazing. Why would you want to end the season as Notts County? Because uh, you, according to Gary, you're one of the two clubs that are uh, Torquay's biggest rivals. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever happens, it's going to be four weeks from now before we find out what's going to happen to the season. I mean, I a think, lot of football has played there. I think it's a legal thing rather than uh, a time uh, thing, but February the 28th is the date that all the the votes have to be in. Um, I I think that's legal. Uh, there, was a, there was a thought that um, by, by February the 28th, all the clubs were played maybe six more games, and then we're getting close to the fact that uh, you could bring points per game into the scenario because uh, we're nudging an amount of games that would, 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 would suit that scenario. However, points per game PPG has not been raised in this, res in this round of resolutions at all. So at the moment, that's not even in their thinking. Um, now, surely they can't make a decision on February the, or after February the 28th and then go oh but now should we vote about PPG I mean ugh, honestly I do feel sorry for some of the clubs in the north and the south who obviously are struggling financially to continue playing football when um, first of all they uh, were, were offered grants and took the grants to start the season and are now being told that, that, that they, are, they are only being offered loans um, for the second payment, which is, you know, uh, a burden for them. However, I will say that the loans are payable over 10 years at 2%. You try and get that loan anywhere else and you'd be struggling, I would presume, uh, legally anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it is what it is. But these, these clubs, the, the smallest clubs in National League North and National League South... They do need money to well, operate at the moment. They, yes, they do. Absolutely. So, um, well, I mean, we say watch this space. I mean, we're none the wiser. We'd never claim to be the sharpest knives in the drawer, Richard. And um, it's baffling us, isn't it? I'm pretty blunt, but um, I, I think even the sharpest knife might have might have struggled to, to get their head around that... Uh, particular yeah. release from the National League this week. Interestingly, since that release, the National League have now said that the North and South divisions are starting up again this Saturday. Now, I haven't looked again into this this morning, but it's something I was looking at the other day. And um, at least one club, I think Concord Rangers, had turned around and said, no, we're not playing. No. Well, as, as you pointed out last week, I mean, the clubs that have got part-time players, they've got players who are spending the working week in environments in many cases where they'll be vulnerable in schools in hospitals in, you know in places like that and then they're coming into the team environment for training and for for matches 
um, it's it's risky, isn't it? It's risky for them. It's more risky for them than it is for um, for full time players. Is that the postman? That probably is the postman. I'm just going to go and shut the door. But. So you've just had three deliveries in the space of, of three minutes, Guy. I know. Oh, it, it never rains, but it pours. <laughs> I hope it's all good stuff that's turned up. <laughs> but we were saying, what we, you know, about the risks to the smaller clubs of, of having players, part-time players, um, in think, places like hospitals and schools. Yeah, I mean uh, th- that is a scenario that that people don't think about. Although the the north and south are considered in. Uh, I don't know, uh, ter- in football terms as a league league, elite leagues, they are, they are basically made up of part-time players who are playing their football after doing a day's work or being furloughed or whatever. But the, but the actual fact is that most of these players are mixing in public circles during the day uh, in their jobs and then, and then going and playing football and, and, and you know... Um, the, the Premier Division of the National League is, is mainly, uh, I'm not sure how many part-time teams there are, there are a few but not many, is mainly players are, are only hanging around their, their, their teammates. You know, they're, yeah. not, they're not having to go and do a day job and, uh, 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 and face the possibility of picking up a, a virus. So um, there is that as well. There is a dividing line between the two and it's, it's that dividing line. And um, while the... Premier League and the English Football League are testing quite regularly, and that's a part. That's a part of why they're continuing. Why they are continuing, um, we are continuing without that, and it would cost too much for the teams to have to pay for that as well. Another expense. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult, and uh, and we all know, you know, there are more important things to to think about than football in these the, the, these weird days, but. Um, it's just it's just such an odd scenario. It is. It is. Now listen, we can't put it off any longer. At some point we're gonna to have to despite the blue skies outside, we're gonna to have to consider the Altrincham game from Tuesday night. Yeah. Which was a little bit gloomy. I mean Gary didn't hold back, did he? And he's he's spoken again since he he was disappointed in, in what happened on Tuesday. Talk he lost two one at home to decent Altrincham team I was talking to a chap yesterday who was watching the game on the stream he said they were a tidy little team and, and he, he was right they were, as Gary says they were good in possession in Dan Mooney in the first 20 minutes they probably had the best player on the pitch um, that shot that he hit against the bar was absolutely sublime wasn't it it was although Sam Shering I think it was backed off and backed off to give him the space to do it um, but I didn't think Torquay looked too bad at, for, for, for the first for the opening uh, 20 minutes or so or whatever I thought they were they were the better team and, and, and certainly when they scored the goal in the 21st minute I, I wasn't feeling too uncomfortable it was an odd goal you know Carl Cameron uh, headed a uh, Lemonet Evans free kick back into the mixer as they call it on Radio Devon and other, other places um, uh, it came back at him straight away he kind of hit it at the goalie um, the goalie parried it, and by that time, Carl Cameron was lying on the floor, and he just managed to get his foot around it, and uh, and, and and it popped in. Now, at that moment, I thought, okay, we're <clears throat> we're doing all right. We're going to be okay here. I, I was a bit scared of Altrincham before the game because uh, you look at their record, and it's not too bad. And they were seventh, but they were fourth the week before, and they they'd won their last two games, and they were doing all right. And and I thought, yeah, no, we started well. Um, then it just fell apart. It really fell apart. I mean, the the, the penalty didn't help. That gave them uh, an impetus, and uh, and then the, the 45th minute goal, um, perfect time to get a, get get a goal to put you two one ahead, of course, for anything. And uh, second half we were dreadful. It was kind of alarming the extent and the speed with which it all did fall apart, as you say. Um, yeah, I mean, Gary made the decision to play without a recognised striker in the starting eleven. He's explained why he did that. Um, you know, it's his prerogative to do that, but it, it was almost as if the rest of the team didn't quite get the idea. Didn't you know? They're, they're looking up, they're looking for an out ball, they're looking for somebody up front to target, and obviously that player's not there. They've got to play it through the middle. They've got to play it to feet. They've got to play it around the uh, uh, down the channels, as they say. And they just didn't get that done, did they? If they had played their A one game 
um, that passing game, that free-flowing movement game, then it would have worked. Um, and so I don't think it was a, a bigger, a, as big a risk as, um, you know, m maybe many people thought it was. I just think that, that coupled with a bad performance, it didn't yeah. work. Now, no. Gary was quite, quite right in, in pointing out when I spoke to him just now that Connor Lemonet Evans has been playing more or less as a striker all season. OK, number 10 in behind whoever is in front of him, Danny Wright, Rob Street or Billy Waters or Joshua Moura. But um, he literally has been a, a forward. Um, so, um, you know, he was, he was the furthest forward and um, he scored six or seven goals this season. Six, I think. Um, you know, and, and from midfield, Asa Hull scored goals. Um, ben Whitfield scored goals. You know, Aaron and Remain scored goals. Um, they've, all, they've all chipped in. And so that midfield can score goals. So I don't think it was... Yeah. I don't think it was the formation in the first half that lost the game. I think it was the performance. Now, obviously, yeah. he waited till the 60th minute to bring on a striker. Uh, uh, and then almost immediately brought on another one. He brought on Waters and, and Rob Street, and um, and they didn't really spark either. Um, they looked like they'd been at the same party that the rest of them had been at the night before. Um, obviously, they weren't at a party, but you know it was that, that kind of hungover yeah. performance, as it were. It was strange. It was strange to see so many players having an off night at the same time. I mean, it happens. It's happened yeah. before. We've talked about it on the podcast before. It does happen. You've just got to go again, make sure it doesn't happen again, haven't you? I, I think what we have to remember, and it's easy to say it, but these players are playing in the National League Premier Division. Now, they might be the best players playing, some of the best players playing in the National League Premier Division, but they're not playing in the Championship or the Premiership. If they play to that standard, which, which we want them to play to every week, they would be playing in the Championship or League One or whatever. So they're not, they're not you know, the, 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 the complete packages that we expect them to be every week. And they will have off days. And that's what Gary Johnson does well. He takes players who um, maybe haven't fulfilled their, their potential yet, um, and and turns them into players that 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 are passionate and work hard and know what to do and understand scenarios and he drums all of that into them and then when they do that all at once they are unstoppable and we've seen that oh, at times this season but it's not going to happen every week. But, I mean, because the thing that occurred to me was looking back to the game against Yeovil on Boxing Day when they absolutely tore Yeovil to pieces. There were times in the second half of that game where every time Torquay came forward with Whitfield in the main playing wide, you thought they're going to score a goal here. Yeah. Um, I, I, they were just, and they haven't become a bad team overnight, despite what some people seem to be thinking on social media. They will come back and they will get better again. That's why I don't look at social media, Guy. No, that's true. Well, I, I do for a bit of research for the podcast, just to kind of take the temperature of the Torquay fans, if you like. And it's um, it's always interesting, after a performance like that on Tuesday, they kind of diverge. There are some, there, there are those who think it's going to be doom and gloom and it's uh, if the game is up, and there are those who say, no, come on, you know, it's, it, it's a blip, we'll go again. And I think the latter is right. I mean, this is a good team. They haven't become bad players overnight. No. Um, they will, uh, they'll turn in more Yeovil performances than they will Altrincham performances, I'm sure. Mm. It's, I mean, when you look at the recent run of form, it's not been brilliant, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure Gary is getting his head around what to do. Yeah, indeed. Um, apologies, by the way, if anybody out there is um, is a Torquay and Southampton fan, because Tuesday night must have been pretty much the most miserable night of your life. Do you know what? It's, um, because because I, I, I normally have a, a little bet on, on Premiership games and then watch them on my pad on my uh, my tablet <clears throat> and uh, uh, I've been on a half decent run recently and it's been quite good and, and on and my, my go-to bet is is three goals or more and when there's four games in the premiership that will yeah. be that'll be it that'll be accumulator of three games or more in that now uh, I normally watch them and enjoy it uh, but obviously Torquay were playing so I wasn't watching 
But uh, a good friend of mine texted me during the Torquay game and said, did you do your usual bet? And it was only about 10 minutes into the, the second, second set of games. I knew, I, knew, I knew the first two had been three goals or more. Um, and I went, yeah, and he said, well, you've won. I went, oh, that's good. And it was only later on that I watched Match of the Day, which, which probably was the first time I've watched Match of the Day in years, um, that I realised that they'd won 9-0. Yeah, some some performance. Manchester United fans will be pleased, but uh, if anybody out there has got a a bit of a, a a feeling for the Saints at Southampton, then they'll have had a pretty miserable night as well. Just just thinking of uh, talking about the altering game a little bit more, Rich. Do you think that Gary will start with strikers? Um, maybe not Southport. Southport is possibly not really. Uh, a good barometer of what he's going to do. But we're home again next Tuesday night against Wealdstone. I wonder what he'll do, because uh, he's not going to have Danny Wright fit. Danny Wright's not going to be fit for a while. Um, no. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I don't think we're going to see Danny Wright for months. No. For, from the chat I just had, obviously, that you heard with uh, with Gary. Uh, it could be two or three months before we see Danny Wright. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's OK. He, he came for his operation well, but it's just going to take time. Um, yeah. Like Gary said, he's he's an old man. <laughs> he's he's um he's fourteen years younger than me, but he's still an old man. Uh, <laughs> is he, yeah, would that make him twenty four years older than you, Guy? Uh, twenty four years younger yeah. than me. I uh, sorry, younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I shan't be trying to keep up with him anytime soon. No, 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 no. Um, but now would be a good time if you were going to try and race him. Yeah, yeah, possibly so. But, um, I mean, no, um, I, I think I think Gary said, didn't he, during the during the chat we just had, that um, one of his reasonings for playing that lineup on Saturday is because he wanted to play the best players he has at his disposal at the moment. Which you know, yeah. uh, if Danny Wright was 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 fit and playing, he would be within that scenario. Um, so he played his best players and he yeah. played a position, played a formation that, that allowed him to do that. Um, whether he will do that at Wildston, I don't know. But we will see changes uh, at, um, at Southport because yeah. he, I think, like he, he hinted just now, we might see Ben Winter and Gary Warren back for Southport. Um, whether, whether Winter will start is another thing but I think we might see him get some minutes at Southport um, I did ask I did ask him whether whether an FA trophy game uh, right now after this disappointing loss was a good thing and he said a game's a good thing yeah yeah I can see that but I mean and those are good good to have those players back but they're defenders we've still got that yeah. problem yeah up front it's, it's odd, isn't it? Um, the one, the one, the one position that has really played well over the last, well, since since Christmas, since that drubbing, drubbing, yeah. uh, since not drubbing, but when we got beaten by um, uh, Yeovil, um, since then, uh, we uh, we haven't worried about the defence, have we? The defence has been pretty tight. There, there were three, three, three. Four clean sheets in a row up until that game on on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I but I wonder if um I wonder if Olaf Kozella has got a part to play. Um, Gary was very um, adamant when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago that Olaf was still part of his plans. He's still part of his squad. You know, he's a young local lad that we've talked a lot about on the podcast over the years. Um, I wonder if Olaf has got a part to play and maybe had a part to play at, um, at Southport on Saturday. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure Olaf is in first-team squad for, uh, thinking at the moment. I don't know why. But um, And, of course, also Louis Slough. I mean, we have, even though the defence has done really well, we have had players playing out of position and Louis Slough hasn't been, uh, you know, brought in yeah. to that scenario. So, so. Uh, be interesting to see if they can try and force their way into the, into the picture before the end of the season. Absolutely. And before we leave the subject of um, of the Ultram game on the live stream, I, I made a couple of notes as we went along for things to talk about on the podcast today, and I've written in what I can only describe a slightly anguished script: piano chords, stop it. <laughs> you um, you texted me at half time, I think. <laughs> 
if you're going to leave adverts running over, uh, let, let's get let's get one thing straight first of all. Uh, the coverage is is excellent. The talk he's doing, it's well worth the nine pounds. Yeah. Bulking as I did, play, paying twelve pound fifty or what it was for a terrible one the other day. Um, Torquies yeah. is yeah. worth well worth nine pounds. Um, however, um, if you're going to leave one piece of music running over and over and over and over, call center music running over and over and over and over again uh, at half time, please make it a different bit because that, that those piano chords were driving me nuts. It's just a kind of a doom-laden success. Yeah, piano I blame that, that on the defeat. Yeah, I can understand why, because it's probably copyright-free. And, and Oh, no, the, the, that kind of music is copyright-free, and that's why you hear it on all of the, all of the, all of the, um, you know, the, the, uh, yeah. the, the live streams all over, all over the, the country that we've been watching. Um, it's copyright-free music. Why copyright-free copyright free music makers have to make such dull music is beyond me. But they do. And so, um, you know... So what, uh, what you need to do is get one of those 38 guitars of yours out and <laughs> compose a piece of music to go over the Talk United halftime adverts. I, I, I suggest Lou Reed's uh, Metal Machine music. Yeah. Okay, I'll stick with the doom-laden piano. <laughs> How about a my, bit, bit of My Bloody Valentine? <laughs> but yeah, as you say, joking apart, the live stream has been absolutely terrific. The quality of, of you know, we're getting replays now and everything. It's um, the, the quality is very good. Um, one replay that we didn't get or that didn't explain anything, by the way, was what on earth happened between Kyle Cameron and Jake Moult towards the end of the game to warrant uh, Mr. Quelch flourishing cards and sending Jake Moult off. No, have you read anything on that? Because I haven't seen any kind of explanation no, not, for that. I, I think I think David Thomas was trying to work out what, what, what had happened on, on his co-commentary and... Uh, it, it seems like um, Sean McDonald might have had the ball under his hand, so it would have been considered, yeah, um, un, you know, he, he, so under control. And perhaps Jake Malt, the suggestion was, and I couldn't see. Uh, they didn't do a replay because um, I think the replays are timed to to happen straight away afterwards. Otherwise, it's very technical to actually. Uh, yeah. To create the replay, and by the time we worked out what was happened, that time in sequence was was too late to go back and do a replay. So I think I think the ball was probably kicked out of his hands. Which, if that's the case, it is a second yellow card. Um, however, it might look worse to the referee than it certainly did to anyone else because I, 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 I you could see Torquay players completely nonplussed by the situation as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's one of those occasions where. A word in the ear has to be enough, though, doesn't it? I mean, there was no. They're not allowed to use common sense, referees, guy. Yeah, well. They're not. They're literally not allowed to use common sense anymore. The the scenarios of of sendings off uh, sendings off when they're the last man over the last couple of days in the Premiership has shown that. One of them, if you if you go to make a tackle but bring the bloke down and break his leg, but you're the last man, it's a penalty and it's the yellow card because you've gone to make a tackle. If you clip them completely accidentally and you're the last man, it's a red card. This is, we're in Southampton territory oh, again here. That's just yeah. bloody stupid. Yes. <laughs> Bang the table. That'll make it better. Ow. There we go. We'll move on. We'll move on. I mean, we've we've not mentioned the Barnet game. Um, no, Barnet. Was that was a, that was all right. That was a good performance. Yeah, played well. Two nil win. Um, you know, it was Barnet made it difficult. Barnet are nowhere near as bad as their position suggests. But Torquay, um, Torquay did what they had to do and did it very, very well. And a cracking was, goal from Jake. Well, they were both cracking goals, but Jake Andrews' goal was a cracker, and we know he's capable of doing that. And We'd like to see a bit more of that from Jake, couldn't we? I mean, he has Didn't to get his chance to be in the team, obviously. Um, he, he obviously came on on, on on Tuesday night at Altrincham and, and against Altrincham and uh, was just as jaded as everyone else, I think. But, um, you know, like Gary said, no one came out of that with, a, with any praise. But um, we like Jake Andrews when he's on form. And uh, uh, that was a glimpse of that form, wasn't it? Yeah. 
He's a proper player, Jake. And uh, if you've got a copy of this week's Herald Express, there's a magnificent picture of Jake by James Fern on the back page. Yeah. He's clearly enjoying that goal at Barnet. He, he enjoyed it very much. And I don't blame him. I, I, I was surprised to see when I when I checked it out after the, you know, when he scored that it was his first goal of the season. It's a long run of games. Um, and I appreciate he's been on the bench for a lot of them for, for Jake Andrews not to score. So he must have enjoyed that very much. And it would only have been spoiled by... Altering them, isn't it? Yeah. And that is one severe lockdown haircut he's got there. By yeah, way. yeah. He's gone the whole hog, hasn't he? Yeah. Indeed. It... So let's, let's look ahead then. Saturday brings us an FA Trophy trip to Southport. Long way to go to play an FA Trophy game behind closed doors. But as Gary said in uh, in his chat, any game is welcome after yeah. Tuesday. So you to get back on the horse and, and you know get back into action get the players ticking over again against a team that are going to be pretty hard to beat. I mean, they're Northern League, uh, sorry, National League North. They haven't played a league game for a little while. No, the last game they played was the last round of the trophy. I mean, they're they're not going to be easy to beat. They've always been... We're looking back over the... uh, I'll come to it in a minute, the players who've played for both. We've played Southport 35 times over the years. Always used to be a, a, a classic... Division four game mm. was always talking against Southport on a Saturday night. We, yeah, we have got the um, we've got the edge over them. We won sixteen of those thirty-five, drawn thirteen. We've lost six times against them. But in January two thousand and nine, they knocked us out of this competition three 0 at exactly this stage. Did they? So they, they've done us before. Well, that's interesting because that 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 was um, obviously. I'm worried about this FA Trophy run because of what happened in 2008-9. Um, yeah. You know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't or be sorry. Or 2007-8, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to the final, but uh, that was almost at the expense of, of our playoff position. Um, I, I'd prefer us to be out of it rather than in it and concentrating on the league. But hey-ho, uh, I, I'm not the manager. Um and it's interesting that you say it was Southport that put us out the season afterwards, which, of course, then we went on to, to win promotion. That's true. That's true. Maybe there's a little omen there. You never know. But uh, difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, all common sense says you don't need a cup competition to provide a distraction at this time of the season. But then you look at Tuesday night, you think we've got another home game coming up next Tuesday night. You know, let's get them back into action. Let's get them ticking over. Let's win by two or three goals up at Southport and restore the confidence. The only, the only thing I will say is that Torquay are devoid of friendlies at the moment for obvious reasons and the um, squad players aren't getting games. So, uh, it, it, you know, maybe, maybe the, the trophy games are important for that respect to get, to, to put, 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 you know, uh, put time in the legs of some of the players that aren't playing every week. Whatever, every twice a week nowadays, isn't it? It's going to be twice a week all 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 uh, all, all February. There are some interesting. Uh, they played for both. Thanks very much to Julian for these as well, and a couple that we've um, we found as well. Remember Gary Brabin oh. played for us. This is probably while you were out of town, but he played for us a no. little while back. He played, played seven games for us and got two red cards in. Those I know, seven I know. Games. It's way way before I was out of town. I was working for the club at the time. This is. I think your timing's out, Guy. It's um, uh, must be. Must it's, it's, it's going to be the late, early 2000s it's going to be. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, two two red cards in five games, was it? Seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. Two red, he including was, he elbow, was, he, elbowing he, an Exeter City player, which yeah. was a dreadful thing to do. But he, I mean, he played for us, he played for Southport, he managed Southport as well. What a character on the field he's the guy who came onto the field punching himself in the face if I remember rightly yeah coming into I, the I, tunnel. I'm prepared to make myself look stupid but <clears throat> isn't he the ex-hull player yeah that's the yeah fella. so so he, the other the other time he got sent off was at hull and yes, I've never yes, never yes. seen a I was there at the old Boothroy Crescent I've never seen a player cheered onto the pitch by the home fans an away player cheered onto the pitch by the home fans for for all his service that he had given to them previously and then booed off after getting sent off <laughs> classic classic what a player what a character to have in your team okay one or two other players who've played for both a chap called Alan Wilson 
Um, played for Torquay, 78-79. He had two spells at Southport. He's interesting in that he made 100 league appearances for Southport and 100 non-league appearances for Southport. Wow. Uh, Andy Proven, of course, played yes. for Southport before he came to us. Um, he played 80-odd games for Southport, 90-odd games for us. Courtney Cameron. Oh, yes. Um, who actually, this takes us back to the very first Yellow Army podcast, which is seven and a half years ago. No way. No way. Because Courtney Cameron had just been signed by Alan Nill and he turned up at a friendly with this ridiculous looking Mohican haircut. Actually, it was before Neymar had one. So he was ahead of Neymar with those. And we said on the first podcast, if he turns up with a haircut like that, he's going to have to be some player. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he, I mean, he was a big part of that squad that year, Courtney Cameron. But the player who catches the eye is Big Jim Fryatt. Uh, Pancho Fryatt, uh, who played for Torquay, had two spells with Torquay. He had three spells with Southport, played all over the place. Uh, and he was mainly famous for scoring a goal in four seconds, as yes. every schoolboy of my age knew anyway. He was the four-second goal. Scored it for Bradford Park Avenue against Tranmere in April 1964. Okay. But obviously, in those, in those days, nobody filmed every game. No, no film exists. I can't even find a particularly detailed account of how he did it. I assume he had the ball tapped to him by a teammate, and he just... Well, it's a couple of steps and then hit it, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, so, and I just a rapid train of thought. We were we were talking about Torquay attracting players who were involved in very fast goals because when Jim Fry played for us um, in '75 in his second spell, and he would almost very nearly, according to your research, is a teammate of Pat Cruz. By about 11 games between them. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we obviously attracted those fast-scoring players there. I think Did I talked know? over you, Guy, but you said that Pat Cruz obviously scored the fastest own goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, fastest own goal in six seconds. And we seem to attract him. As I say, a fellow called Barry Jones scored against us in 1962 for Newport County in six seconds, which is one of the previous record holders. Yeah. So the goal, goals come quickly. Yeah. United. Uh, Jim Fryer actually uh, he died last year Jim he lived in Las Vegas he'd gone to be assistant manager of the Las Vegas Quicksilvers he played uh, amateur football out in the States until he was 47 years old and then he worked in casinos and on golf courses around Las Vegas so it sounds as if he lived the life doesn't sound like he had a bad retirement does it no, it doesn't sound bad. Wouldn't suit me, but there are many people it would suit. I have, I have a vision of Pancho Friat uh, on the golf courses around. Do Las you know Vegas. what? I can see the shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There are going to be some loud shirts involved yeah. in that, aren't there? Yeah. Quite a character. So um, yeah, that, it, interesting for Southport. They're not quite so many when it comes to Wealdstone. We've only played them three times yeah. in our history. We've won all three. Yeah. Two goals from Billy Waters got us a win up there back of in Of course, yeah. Uh, but the players who've played for both, a fellow called Roy Davies, who I originally read as Ray Davies. I thought, what, Ray Davies out of the kinks? Played for, <laughs> no, it was Roy Davies. Played for us in 79-80. Uh, played a lot of games for Wealdstone and ended his career in Finland. Which okay. is uh, not a bad place to be playing your football. No. And, Elliot Benyon, of course, of course. played for Wealdstone. But the great Bobson Balling played for <laughs> Wealdstone. He's now at Haringey Borough. And a fella called Michi Afete, who we had on loan from Norwich. Who was all right. He was decent, wasn't he? He's there now. He's playing for Wealdstone okay. as we speak. So uh, he'll play against us next Tuesday, I imagine. Um. I mean, they're going to be hard to beat, aren't they, next Tuesday? Wealdstone, everybody's going to fancy a go at the league leaders, as Gary says. Yeah. Torquay have got, um, have got some work to do to get back onto um, the kind of form they were on um, in the last few weeks. It's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's times like this that you'd, you'd like a crowd in the, in the ground to cheer them on and maybe even give them a kick up the butt. But... Um, 
that's not going to happen. It would really so. hit things, wouldn't it? Yeah. And finally, on my agenda is the X goals, and we've got something a little bit unusual coming up. Uh, the usual names are there. Reese Healy got a penalty for Toulouse as they okay. lost to Ozena. Jaden Stockley has joined Charlton Athletic, uh, and he scored for has them in defeating What, from Poppy Preston? Hannah. Yeah. First Was that game during the transfer football. window? Yeah, interesting. Kiefer Moore scored for Cardiff in a 1-1 draw with Millwall. Uh, but more noteworthy, I think Jamie Sendles-White has joined Aldershot, got his first goal for Aldershot in a 2-1 win over Barnet. And for the first time, we've got a game with multiple goals in it where all of the goals have been scored by ex-goals. Yes. Yeovil's 3-1 win over Dover. Uh, Adi Aziz got the goal for Dover. And Yeovil's three were scored by Joe Quigley, who got two of them, and Reese Murphy. Wow. So Interesting. all four goals yeah. in that game by ex-goals. Well done. Which we'll take as a bit of a an omen. bit of a feather in the cap for everyone. And an omen that them. we're going to score four goals on. Yeah. Which uh, that brings us, I think, to the end of uh, this week's agenda. It's been a strange week. I mean, the Altrium game was a bit a bit flat, but uh, suddenly we're looking forward again. We're looking forward to a cup game up the road at Southport, and looking forward to another home game uh, next Tuesday night on the live stream. I did. Uh, it did worry me earlier on in, in in the week when I heard that Southport was one of those places that the new variant of COVID nineteen had been uh, spotted, and they were doing door to door testing. Um, I wondered if that was going to affect the game in any way, but it doesn't seem to have. So fingers crossed, it doesn't between now and then. Yeah, it shouldn't, unless of course um, there are any cases reported in the yeah. Southport. What? That's yeah. the only thing that would change it, and we'll find that out over the next couple of days. I'm sure. The last thing we would need is a delay to this fixture. Yes. Having talked about you know being in it and and staying in the cup, the last thing you need is it to drag on. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. But there you go. Thank you very much for Good being stuff. with us on the podcast. Seven and a half years of Yellow Army podcasts under our belts. If you've been with us all that time, you deserve a medal. And if you uh, if you want to hear more of Ernie, he has his own podcast. <laughs> We should just do a podcast with the dogs on yeah, it. Yeah, really? uh, the, the, the little one's been yapping. I, can, I think my wife, Nell, has been uh, trying, trying to control him down there. <laughs> well, there you go. It's, uh, I, I've been Guy, he's been Richard, and they've been um, Ernie, Rudy and Bertie. And as ever, come on, come you, on yellows. you yellows. <laughs>